Welcome to the 240th episode of the Reading and Writing Podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Rutherford. Stay tuned for my interview with Gerald DePego, author of Write, Find the Truth in Your Fiction. Stay tuned for the interview. Welcome back to the Reading and Writing Podcast. My guest today is Gerald DePego, author of Write, Find the Truth in Your Fiction. Gerald is the author of 33 produced screenplays, five novels, two produced plays, and a drawer full of poetry. Gerald, welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much. Pleasure to be here. Sure. Well, I just ex- explained and detailed your writing experience to date. Given your writing success and your book on writing that has been published, is there one kind of overall lesson or message that you've learned yourself over the years that has helped you improve your, write- improve your own writing? Yes, yes, which is really why I wrote the book, because I I felt that out of all this work and and study and doing it and doing it again, uh, I developed a method that I call emotional realism. And that's so I think to me, that's the center of all this that I'm doing and, and, and putting out in the book is the ability to make fiction feel real by digging down into the human truth of things. And so I think that's the most important thing for me. And how do you do that on the page? Could you give an exp- a specific example? Well, yeah, I mean, uh, one of the little exercises I take people through is, um, I say, for instance, if you have a scene where a woman is being chased down the dark street by a man who wants to harm her, be that woman. Don't just write it from your head and your, you know, from the outside. Don't just describe it. But go inside that woman and be her. And when you've dug down deep enough, uh, and then come back and, and, and written the scene, it's going to be different. It's going to be stronger because you're writing from the inside and you're using emotion and not just your brain. Sure. Well, when you originally moved to L.A., was it difficult for you to break into the movie business and get producers and agents to read your screenplays? Oh, sure. It's, always, uh, it's almost always a struggle. Uh, it took about a year and a half, and that doesn't sound like very long, but I came here with uh, my first wife, my first child, and a certain amount of savings. So after a year and a half, it was getting a bit critical, but uh, but it happened. I, I did bring a script with me, and I showed it around everywhere I could, and it finally landed on the right desk. And I the door that opened for me was... Uh, to come into Universal uh, Studios and rewrite some of the movies of the week that they already had in the pipeline, but that the uh, overall producer of these movies for Universal wasn't satisfied with the scripts. And he had read the script I came out to L.A. with, and because of that, it opened the door and I got a rewrite jobs that led to writing from scratch for uh, movies of the week. Sure. 
And and what had what had led you to write that original screenplay that you came out to LA with? Was was there a process for you of where you started um, prose and fiction and then decided to move into screenplays? What what kind of motivated you to write that first screenplay? Yeah, I had been mostly writing prose, uh, but I was in Chicago and I I got a job. I, I when I went to grad school, I studied uh, film writing also. But I made my money, my, I mean, I supported myself doing other things. And uh, I, I, uh, I had this idea because I worked at home and my wife was teaching school and I was with our little son and taking him to the park among all these mothers with their kids. And I love to think inside people's heads. I was thinking, what do these mothers think? They, they probably think I'm either a divorced dad or, you know, what, what, what could be the answer here when they look at me and wonder? And I'm thinking, well, gee, maybe, maybe they're thinking, you know, maybe my wife suddenly passed away and this is, this is me and I'm, I'm raising this little boy now. And it, it just generated this idea that moved me a lot about, you know, the sudden death of a, of a young wife and a young man. And he has this two year old and he's in the park. And I, I, I wrote a story about uh, his first day back in the world after two weeks of just, you know, being blasted with the news and all that. This is his first day back at the world and he's going to take his kid to the park he's going to take the kid to the grandparents he's going to go to work for the first time so i made the whole script you know take place in a day with that original deep feeling of of you know loss and uh that was my screenplay it was called monday one you know and it has never i've sold it twice it's never been produced but it got it opened a lot of doors for me sure uh, when you work with writing students or novice writers, are there common mistakes that you see repeatedly in their writing? Yeah, I, I, that's yeah, I, that's one of the reasons I wrote the book. I, I I wanted to point out the the wrong roads and the right roads, and you know, for instance. Uh, it feels to me when I read uh, some early writers in their work that they're really writing not exactly from life. They're writing from what they've seen in movies or read in books. And uh, I'm saying that's, that's not the way to go. It feels like a copy. It doesn't feel real. And one way to make it feel real is if you're doing a story about policemen or, or, uh, or people harvesting crops, go in among them, go in and, see the world through their eyes and you'll start writing with just the ring of human truth rather than information you've gleaned somewhere on the internet or whatever. But uh, that's just one of the tips I give people is to go in among your your characters, go in among the world you're going to create on the page and see what it's like. Sure. Well, I know, as we talked about, you, you had 33 screenplays produced, and um, your latest was in 2014. Um, I, I, I wonder, are, um, and you, you've obviously been working in the business for a while, I, I wonder, are there directors or movies uh, recently in the last two, three, four years that still excite you about cinema and the movies? Uh, 
Oh yeah, that always that always comes around. There's always one or two. Uh, last year it was Birdman, or the year before, whatever it was. Right, Birdman right. was one of those movies that I thought, wow, they were so brave. They broke a lot of uh, ground, and uh, I was riveted by that film. I've saw it. I've seen it maybe three times now. Sure. So, so how do you how do you recommend to writers that they improve their work? Do you suggest that they focus on self editing or joining a writing group or workshop of some kind? Well, you know that that comes down to whatever you need. You know what I mean? I I've always been kind of a loner, and I've always. Uh, uh, more or less learned by doing and by reading. You just read all you can of of the really good stuff out there. It inspires and it teaches. And reading good books and watching fine movies uh, is, is a way of going to writing school uh, for me. And so, uh, yeah, that's what I, uh, that's what I recommend. Sure. So when when you sit down to write, uh, are there ever days that you need to do something to jumpstart the writing process for yourself? Yeah, I usually jumpstart it by reading what I wrote the day before, and I find that 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 just sinks me inside. So I really start the day with editing. I start the day with uh, an editing and fine tuning of yesterday's work. By the time I've reached the end of that, I'm really inside it again. So I can just push on into the new work. So that's, that's my little trick. <laughs> gotcha. So when you have an idea for a screenplay or a story, do you immediately start writing it or do you give the story time to develop in your mind? I have to do that. I have to start developing it in my mind and, and, and see my way through a beginning, middle and end, not the details, but the emotional line. I need to, I need to build that emotional uh, train, let's say, that's going to take me from beginning to end, and I need to know where I'm going and what it's all, what it all means, you know. So that that takes a lot of thinking before I could imagine sitting down and starting to write. I mean, others may do it differently, but no, I I don't trust that. I I, I don't uh, just jump into the writing until I know the depth of what I'm writing and the depth I wanted to seek, you know, even if it's a comedy, I mean, I, I, I want to go inside and, and build it from the inside and then I can begin putting it down on paper. Sure. And on that note, do you have advice or thoughts on outlining and plotting a story or screenplay? I used to uh, be more particular about, Outlining. I used to outline everything, and I'm a little more seat of the pants now, I think, because I've been doing it for so long. But uh, to me, outlining is good in a general way or even a meticulous way, as long as you leave room for inspiration and surprises. An outline shouldn't lock you into anything. It could, it's just a guidebook. It's just a guiding map. But uh, you should leave yourself free for surprises, and you'll find whole scenes in your outline that you just jettison, and then a new, uh, uh, you know, a new scene will strike you. So leave room for all that, and don't be a slave to an outline. But it's it's good to work it all out and 
along that process of working it out, you get a lot of ideas, even snippets of dialogue and jokes and uh, the shocking scenes and the and the emotion, you know, all that comes to you while you're putting it all together, and that's that's the gold. Sure. Well, earlier you talked about reading. Are there books and authors that inspire your own writing? Oh yeah. Every time I read, uh, yeah, there's there's just further inspiration every time. Uh, most recently, Anthony Dewar wrote All the Light We Cannot See, and uh, I read Ian McEwan's books, just terrific language, amazing language, and Sebastian Barry, an Irish writer, just great gifts, and it's, uh, it's a kind of training. Elizabeth Gilbert with uh, The Art of Hearing Heartbeats, I mean, these are, uh, these are great uh, learning platforms as well as great reads. Sure. What are you working on now? Well, I'm. I have on my shelf uh, a couple of manuscripts of novels that I never published, and uh, my favorite one I, I'm pulling out and blowing the dust off of and saying, I'm going to tackle this. It's been 15 years. I think I'm a better writer now. I try to be learning and growing all the time. So maybe I can take my favorite story and, and redo it with everything I've learned in 15 years and uh, get it published. So that's my challenge. Great. Well, again, we've been speaking with Gerald DePego, author of Write, Find the Truth in Your Fiction. The book is available in bookstores now, so go grab a copy. And, Gerald, thanks for doing this interview. Okay. I just want to remind you, Jeff, that it's an e-book. It's, a, it's an e-book, so uh, they can get it on uh, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and all the uh, e-reader sites, and then it'll come in on their device, their reading devices. Great. So that'll be great. They can look for it as an e-book. Thanks a lot. Yeah. Thank you, Jeff. Okay. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.